MSW Media. News was wearing daily beans, daily beans, daily beans, daily beans. Hello and welcome to the Daily Beans for Thursday, February 4th, 2021. Today, Steny Hoyer has announced that the House will vote tomorrow on the removal of Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments. Trump attorney Lynn Wood is under investigation for voter fraud in Georgia. The House has approved a measure to levy fines of up to $10,000 to anyone who flouts security screenings. The House has also passed the budget resolution needed to move on the COVID relief bill. The Senate has signed the power-sharing agreement, finally giving Dems the gavels. The Manhattan District Attorney is considering prosecuting Steve Bannon for wire fraud after Trump's pardon. And Adam Schiff has his eye on California Attorney General. I'm A.G. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Well, I think I jinxed us at the beginning of the week when I said it seems like things were slowing down. <laughs> you did. There was like a Mack truck of news. And every time you sent a script, you were like, nope, there's more. Oh, here's a new one. We're going to revise that. Yeah. And I was talking to my therapist this morning about how my script revisions are like a metaphor for my life. <laughs> You're like, and there's more. You're like, oh, wait, nope, that, okay, redo, panic, everything's fine. Oh, wait, no, what, more? Okay, hair on fire. Yeah, so that's sort of uh, uh, how I live my life. Uh, there's so many of these news stories, though, that actually bring me joy today. There's a few mm. of them I'm really happy about, like just that yeah. shit's getting done. Yeah, I wanted to get them all in there because it's not just a fucking like a boatload of bad news anymore so uh i also wanted to tell everybody we have the, the after party on the stereo app that you and i are going to do thursdays at 5 p.m pacific so if you need to get the stereo app download it it's this cool live interactive conversation app and uh we sort of do we you know we have do sort of exclusive stuff over there and we are a little you know less polished and more i don't know it's it's an after party it's an after party <laughs> sure i can be less polished but it's pom- it's it's possible <laughs> i'm like a pumice stone i'm like a pumice stone on the stereo app here i'm, I'm more no. like a like a quartz crystal no dana yeah. you're 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 sea glass is what you <laughs> sea are sea glass a beautiful a beautiful piece of never mind you know what Mold it's it. awesome. yeah let's move on you're awesome. I, I was going to try to do some sort of Albert Schweitzer kind of, uh, I can't even right now. It's just the news is there's just so much. Let's do it. Let's get into the news. And uh, But seriously, download the Stereo app. It's free and check us out for our after party live having a cocktail uh, thing that happens at 5 p.m. Pacific on Thursdays with, with me and Dana. All right. Now let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. All right. In my opinion, now some might argue, some might say the lead story is what's going on with the Republican Party and how they're a circular firing squad, which is delightful. But right now, I think that the lead story comes from us from Reuters today, and that is that the U.S. Justice Department is considering whether to charge members of far-right groups involved in planning the, the January 6th attack on the Capitol under RICO laws. That's laws usually used against organized crime. This is the Racketeer Influence and Corrupt Organizations Act. It's known as RICO, and it enables prosecutors to combat certain ongoing racketeering crimes like murder, kidnapping, bribery, and money laundering. The 1970 statute provides for hefty criminal penalties, including up to 20 years in prison and seizure of assets obtained illegally through criminal enterprise. Now, the RICO law was crafted to help prosecutors convict top mafia leaders who ordered others to commit crimes. Sound familiar? RICO cases are complex, often take years to develop. They require approval from Justice Department leadership. Quote, RICO was designed to address the godfather, the person who doesn't get their hands bloody. That's Jeffrey Grell, an attorney who specializes in RICO law. Quote, you would really only use RICO to go after the kingpins or the leaders. So this is really interesting because now not only do we have the insiders and leaders of the right, like Donald Trump and Trump Jr. and the pillow guy and Lynn Wood and uh, uh, Rudy Giuliani, who who are considered the kingpins here. But we also have like many soldiers who were leading these groups uh, to, to take them to, you know, we talked about this from the Washington Post about coordinated groups of people meeting at checkpoints called rebel and 
I eat shit for breakfast and whatever. <laughs> Groups that uh, were being funded by the administration, mm-hmm. no less. Mm-hmm. And and the, the heiress to the public's fortune, the public supermarket fortune. Uh, Ginny Thomas helping fund this. $2.7 million from the Trump campaign and super PACs. So, yeah, Rico. And this is going to be interesting. Andrew Torres and I are going to take a get into the weeds, into the legal weeds of that on next week's cleanup on aisle 45. So check that out. Uh, if you haven't, um, you can already listen to the first three episodes, I believe, which are currently out now. And Kevin McCarthy has refused to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene from her committee assignments. She is on two committees. I thought it was just one, but she's on the Education, Labor Committee, and the Budget Committee. Uh, this is an idiotic move on the part of McCarthy, because now he's going to force his caucus into a floor vote on whether to keep her in her committees or not. And that's going to force House Republicans to either sign on to her batshit conspiracies or oppose them, setting them up to be primaried in the next election. Now, remember, House members run every two years, so they're going to face a primary challenger. And if they sign on to Marjorie Taylor Greene, they'll face a a centrist Republican primary challenger. If they don't, 100%. they're going to face a Trump primary challenger, right? And meanwhile, Liz or, Cheney... Or a QAnon one. I mean, even further, like even further into crazy town. Uh, that's what I meant by a Trump, yeah. Uh, yeah oh, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> I guess there's no, there's no big difference right now with the Trump party and QAnon. Let's continue. No, there's not. And, and, and Nancy Pelosi threw some shade on that today, and I'll get to that in a second. But Liz Cheney is now in a meeting right now that's been going on for two hours where they're deciding whether to remove her from her leadership role. She's the number three Republican in the House. They want to remove her because she voted to impeach Trump for inciting the insurrection. But meanwhile, they're keeping Green in her position. Now, we still don't know Liz Cheney's fate. Like I said, as of this minute, they're still in that meeting, but we keep you posted. One story we heard from this gross Republican meeting attacking Liz Cheney is when Republican Mike Kelly likened Liz Cheney's impeachment vote to being at a football game and seeing your girlfriend sitting in the visitor section. Oh, my God. (laughs) To which a bunch of women... In the caucus, Republican women yelled at Kelly saying, Liz Cheney is not your girlfriend. Like, oh, my God. How gross is that analogy? It's disgusting. And not to mention, I'm really pissed at these people for making me have to support and root for Liz Cheney. Right? I know. But I and I just Ugh. that this meeting sounds so dank and gross. I would rather be at an insurance seminar than sit through whatever meeting they're having right now. Now, here's that amazing shade from Pelosi today. She released a statement on Kevin McCarthy mocking him for a lack of courage to remove Marjorie Taylor Greene and using critical remarks from other Republicans like Senate Minority Whip John Thune uh, to underscore a GOP divide over Greene, who has supported the QAnon conspiracy theories in the past. But the super shade in this statement, written statement, came out of the office of Nancy Pelosi, was in the first line where she refers to McCarthy as Q-CA. As opposed to R dash C A, because you know normally when you refer to a representative, it's right. R or D or I if you're an independent Republican from California. R dash C A. She put Q dash C A, and I was like, Oh, she's so good at it. Oh, when she pulls off the gloves, she is so good at it. Mm-hmm. Mm, that was just so ooh fresh. Okay, now couple other quick things. The House passed a rule that anyone who flouts metal detectors and tries to bring guns onto the House floor will be fined up to $10,000. We'll see who feels like they need to smuggle a gun onto the House floor now. It's important to remember, Dana, Harvey Milk was shot by a fellow government colleague, right? Right. It, these fears are real. Um, now, the House has also passed the budget resolution plan, paving the way for the COVID rescue plan to pass without Republicans by using budget reconciliation. So the Senate did it yesterday. The House passed it today. Ha ha. And over in the Senate, they just approved the power sharing agreement. So the Dems now officially have the gavels. So we should start seeing movement on all the committee processes we've been waiting for, including the confirmation of folks like Merrick Garland that was being delayed by Lindsey Graham crackers and the opening of some committee investigations that we've also been waiting for. Maybe the development of a 9-11 style commission into the attack on the Capitol. Sounds good. I'm going to say one thing, though. I, I... I'm glad that there's a $10,000 fine um, for these assholes that are not going to, you know, adhere to the policies set by the Capitol Police. However, I don't think anyone who cannot adhere to policy should be making policy or laws in this country. Like, if you can't follow simple rules of the place that you are employed, you should be fired. I, I understand that the, you know, and that's great that they're having these fines, but I think it's a, I think it's a, 
it's it's too easy. It's too easy of a, and it's too little of a consequence for what's happening right now, especially because of what you just said with Harvey Milk. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Anyway, um, and this is, this is one of the reasons why that people need to have stricter consequences and uh, stronger consequences for months. Conservative attorney Ellen Wood loudly spread former president Donald Trump's false claims that widespread fraud had flipped the election. Now Wood spoke at rallies and filed unsuccessful lawsuits. A lot of them (laughs) seeking to undo president Biden's victory in Georgia, uh, which we know Biden won by nearly 11,800 votes. Now Georgia officials have launched a voter fraud probe with a new target. And that is who it's into Wood. This is actually fantastic. (laughs) On Monday, the Georgia Secretary of State's office confirmed to CNN it is investigating whether Wood was a legal resident of the state when he cast his ballot in the November 3rd presidential election. This news was first reported by one of their stations, the WSB-TV, and uh, the inquiry was prompted by an email Wood allegedly sent to WSB-TV reporter stating that he had been living in South Carolina for several months after buying a home there in April. Now, Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, he actually, his office told the Atlanta TV station this. Mm-hmm. So last week, Wood's alma mater, Mercy University in Macon, Georgia, held discussions about removing his name from the school's courtroom after students and alumni demanded the change. The state bar in Georgia, meanwhile, said it was investigating Wood under a rule involving mental incapacity or substance abuse, quote, to the extent of impairing competency as a lawyer. And that was from the Associated Press. Now, if you've been watching Wood or paying attention to his Twitter feed, there is valid speculation that he may be in an altered state uh, from either drugs or alcohol when he's doing this. I know it's just speculation, but he has gone off the deep end. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I just have this image. You remember 11,779 votes, right? Yes. I just imagine that they find him guilty of voter fraud and it just ticks over 11,780. <laughs> what a beautiful sight that would be. And um, here's something else kind of cool. The Manhattan District Attorney's Office, good old Cy Vance, uh, the office that our friend Eliza Orleans is running for, is weighing whether to bring a state court case against Steve Bannon, who was indicted on federal fraud charges for his role in a fundraising scheme to build the border wall. But he received that last minute pardon from Trump. Uh, Now, Bannon, one of the architects of Trump's 2016 election victory, briefly a White House advisor, among the 143 people who received pardons from Trump in his last day in office. Uh, Bannon left the White House early in Trump's term after he fell out with the president, who wavered until the last minute on issuing his former strategist, sorry, strategist, strategist, strategery. (laughs) (laughs) It's strategery. Okay, Uh, uh, that last minute pardon for him. Now, this is that was from the Washington Post. Now, Bannon and three others were charged by federal prosecutors in Manhattan with falsely claiming that they would not take compensation as part of their We Build the Wall fundraising campaign to underwrite part of the Constitution. Excuse me. Constru- <laughs> you're you're killing me today. Please leave that in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, fine. <clears throat> to underwrite, we're leaving it in, to underwrite part of the construction of a wall on the U.S.-Mexico border. You're loving this. I know you're loving this, Dana. I do, like because usually I'm the one that doesn't know how to speak English, and you guys edit it out so perfectly. And I'm like, I need proof that it's both of us. Let's move right. on. Okay, so today's show, uh, this goes out to our producers, is not what we're going to send for my voiceover work uh, auditions. Okay. Uh, there's three others that were charged with Bannon, by the way, who were not pardoned by Trump. But investigators working under Cy Vance in his office uh, in the Major Economic Crimes Bureau office are in early stage discussions to see if there's a state case that they can bring against Bannon for his actions in the fundraising campaign. That's according to two people, people familiar and who spoke on the condition of anonymity. Now, it's not clear whether the U.S. Attorney's Office in Manhattan, which is still handling the case against Bannon because it has not yet been formally dismissed, if they are assisting the state prosecutor's office in its preliminary investigation. I'm kind of wondering if the U.S. attorney in Manhattan went over to Cy Vance and said, hey, bro, you want this? Yeah. (laughs) 
I got, um, a, I got a gift for you. Don't screw it up. Yeah. Although a judicial sharing order is required for swapping evidence between the agencies, and it's not clear if one has been obtained. So there's no evidence of one, but that doesn't mean one doesn't exist. And while these talks among investigators in Vance's office are preliminary, the focus is on whether a state case against Bannon covering the same criminal conduct from his federal case would be an option once a judge formally dismisses it. Uh, unlike in Vance's attempted prosecution of Manafort, double jeopardy probably won't apply here, given that Bannon has not been convicted at the federal level, right? Which I love that little loophole. I love it so much. Tee-hee. And, that, and that's saying nothing about the Southern District of New York, U.S. Attorney's Office Federal, going after Manafort for the crime that they didn't charge him with in the Mueller investigation because they had him on 18 counts of tax and business fraud. So right. we'll see, because Trump <laughs> didn't pardon him for that. <laughs> <laughs> now, listen, I, Vance, he better, he better do the right thing here. And I'm telling you, because all eyes are on him in New York. And Eliza takes his spot. He's he better he better get strong on this because otherwise it's going to be a point of contention. I guarantee it. And I think he I think he will be because, I mean, he's been for two plus years now fighting this Mazars case. If he wanted to drop it, he'd have dropped it. If he were bribed, he wouldn't still be in court. For sure. Agreed. Agreed. Now, this one is a bittersweet story for me because I do live in California. But Rep. Adam Schiff, as you know, is a Democrat from California. He wants to be named California's next attorney general. Yes. And he has House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's blessing on that. That's according to four Democratic sources familiar with the matter. Schiff, who's a Harvard Law School graduate and former prosecutor who currently serves as the chairman of the House Intelligence Committee, has lobbied Governor Gavin Newsom to appoint him to the role, those individuals said. Um, And news from Schiff's interest was first reported by Axios. So we've all seen him during the impeachment trials. He's so damn good, AG. Mm -hmm. But I know that he can't stay there for me. So I understand he has bigger aspirations. (laughs) Fine. All right. The current California, the reason this opening is happening is the current California Attorney General was nominated by Joe Biden to serve as Health and Human Services Secretary and will be vacating the post if, as expected, he is confirmed by the Senate. So Pelosi has been advocating for Schiff's appointment on his behalf, said three of the people familiar with this matter. A spokesperson for Pelosi declined to comment, which is interesting, but a spokesperson for Schiff did not return a request for comment either. So everyone's pretty hush-hush about this right now. While Newsom is not personally close with Schiff, the congressman's name has emerged in recent days as an increasingly attractive choice among people in Sacramento. So the pick would actually provide Newsom with some national star power by association, of course, while giving Schiff a launching pad to run for governor or Senate. That's why this is good. This is including the seat of Dianne Feinstein. Now, I am 100% for this. I feel like she needs to retire. Same. I'm disappointed that she she, admit, she admitted she announced that she's <laughs> running again. Um, so I have no problem with this trajectory for um, Adam Schiff's career. I will just miss him terribly in the house when this happens because I think it might be more of a win than an if. Mm. Yeah, and if y'all remember, uh, there were a few uh, weeks ago when uh, Pelosi announced all of the House committee chairs except the House Intelligence Committee chair was missing from that list. And Swalwell kept talking about national security and intel. And Republicans kept going after Swalwell, like Swalwell was going to take that spot. And so I was like, what's he up for? Is he up for the Senate seat? Is he up for Kamala's Senate seat? Is he up for attorney general? Is he up for a position in the DOJ, a Biden administration position? What's he up for? Is he up for attorney general in California? I think that this explains the delay of seating him at the Intelligence Committee, but Newsom just hasn't made a decision yet. And so they they did name him, by the way, a, a couple weeks ago to, to be the chair of the House Intelligence Committee. But I think that that was the, de- the reason for the delay. Makes total sense. All right, everybody, stay with us. We're going to be right back with Jasper Craven to discuss a, a scathing op-ed he did in The New York Times about racism in Trump's Department of Veterans Affairs. So stay with us. After these messages, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG for The Daily Beans. Keeping your body in shape is important, but also keeping your brain sharp is important. And I've been leveling up my focus with Word Forest. So Word Forest is my new favorite game. It's a word puzzle app, and it's free. And if you're like me and you love word search games, which I do, you have to try Word Forest. It's an app made specifically for word search addicts. You connect letters in any direction to form hidden word matches. 
Word Forest is super fun. It starts easy but gets harder as you get better. It has over 2,000 levels so you never get bored playing. You find as many words as possible to level up and earn bonus rewards and multipliers. And you can earn bonus coins when you uncover hidden words and you can't figure out a word jumble. You use coins to get a hint and win the level. So Word Forest is an ex a very relaxing game. It's got a nature setting. It's very ohm. I, very, I love it. It's a, it keeps your mind sharp. It's also a, just like a, a nice little self-care thing to do. And it also helps you grow your vocabulary. Put yourself to the test in this fun and addicting brain game. And right now, Word Forest is offering you 2,500 coins and 500 gems, when, which, trust me, you want these. Uh, and when, they'll give this to you when you download and play. I like the daily bonus coins and word puzzles. The daily challenge gives you more word puzzle games, more bonus coins, and more fun every day. I also like Word Forest's beautiful design. You can plant acorns and virtual trees to set up your campsite and attract cute animals. It's so great. And I love that Word Forest can be played offline or online, so I can play it anywhere, anytime. Whether you want word games for adults or for kids, Word Forest is the best word game out there. Stop mindlessly scrolling through social media. Keep your mind sharp. Just go to Apple or Google Store and search for Word Forest. Download Word for us today for free and get ready to flex your brain muscles. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, joining us today is freelance investigative reporter covering the military and veterans issues for outlets including The Atlantic, PBS, The New Republic, Politico, and now The New York Times. He also writes the Substack newsletter called Battleborn. Please welcome Jasper Craven. Jasper, thanks for speaking with us today. Thanks for having me. Uh, congratulations on this op-ed in the New York Times. Um, it's extremely uh, disturbing what's been going on with racism inside the VA and not just with employees, but uh, veterans that seek care there as well. And you open up your op-ed with a story about a retired U.S. Army Medical Service Corps officer named Nuwana Franklin. Can you tell us about her experience and, and what she told you? Yeah, sure. So Nuwata Franklin had a very long career inside the Department of Defense. I think she sort of dealt with many of the challenges that any person of color in the military does. I mean, you know, really any institution will have some level of discrimination sort of baked into it. Um, but she decided to sort of live out her final few years in federal service at the VA she returned home to Georgia and um, got an administrative job there at the Carl Vinson VA, which it's probably worth noting is named after a former um, segregationist named Carl Vinson, a lawmaker from the 50s. Um, and pretty soon after arriving there, Nuwana just really felt that there was a deeply embedded racist culture. Uh, she was highly popular, highly competent at her job, but, you know, year after year was not facing uh, or, or enjoying the sort of promotions that she felt she was um, entitled to. Uh, other black staffers of color felt the same. Many had not received a promotion uh, in many years. And, you know, in addition to sort of those barriers professionally, there was also just pretty disgusting things that were said by white staff, including fairly regular comments about how black veterans who were receiving care there were just there, you know, for a check, for basically a benefit check, that they were lying about their conditions or maybe they were even you know, trying to get prescription drugs to sell. Right. Drug seeking. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, you know, this <laughs> upset her, upset many of her colleagues. She was involved in the union as well, the American Federation of Government Employees. Um, and, you know, she saw both in her own experience and in the staff of color she was representing a pretty deeply problematic culture that she tried to fight back against. But, you know, eventually just decided to retire, essentially, because it was all too much. When did she get there? Um, when did she leave the Department of Defense and, and go to work at the Carl Vinson uh, Medical Center? Yeah, I believe she got there pretty much um, right around 2016 Election Day, maybe maybe a bit before then. Now, did her colleagues that, that she spoke to that had seen this kind of systemic racism uh, with patients and with employees, 
Uh, did they mention that this had been an ongoing problem or did it seem to get worse under the Trump administration? I'm wondering if, if this was I mean, I feel like this was an existing problem that was sort of exacerbated by uh, rhetoric from that particular administration. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the VA is not perfect and the VA has long discriminated against vets of color in one way or another. Um, but clearly Trump inflamed uh, conditions on the ground. And this wasn't just rhetoric. This was also through a series of executive orders and legislation that targeted frontline employees. I mean, um, you know, the VA uh, has done a good job over the years in recruiting a lot of black staff, many of whom uh, are themselves veterans. I mean, you know this, obviously, being a veteran yourself in the VA. The VA does a really good job of hiring vets into all sorts of positions. Um, but by kneecapping uh, public union protections um, and setting up this shadowy Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection, a disproportionate number of VA um, staff of color were impacted. You know, the, the AFGE union is largely staffed by people of color. It's not, you know, overwhelming, but there, you know, I've spoken now in other reporting just to a lot of, you know, union leaders of color. Um, they lost a lot of rights. They lost office time, office space. They lost union time. They lost the ability to really fight back against the VA when um, one of their people was put up for termination. And so that really hit the black staff within the VA particularly hard. And it hurt many others in the VA hard who raised issues or expressed concerns or, you know, had the gumption to say, you know, my boss is racist or my boss has retaliated against me or my boss has did some, uh, done something wrong. Yeah. Because of that racism, uh, you you present data here that indicates white workers were almost twice as likely as their black counterparts to be chosen for management positions is just one example. And if you if you want to use uh, or rely on your union, the AFGE, to to file a grievance about that, um, that's a very important uh, protective institution that should be there. However, we know that Trump took away collective bargaining rights. Uh, Joe Biden recently signed an executive order returning those collective bargaining rights. And I was in the agency when that happened. And they pretty much dismantled uh, the unions. And like you said, took away their office space. And of course, that is going to disproportionately impact black employees. And so it's, it, you know, these when you talk about these different, uh, not just the rhetoric, but the policy that was happening, that's definitely one of the big ones. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I don't see any federal agency that was targeted as intensely um, by the Trump administration when it comes to public sector uh, union power. Mm -hmm. And then you, you mentioned the Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection, which was set up in 2017 uh, by previous uh, Secretary of VA, uh, Dr. Shulkin. And um, I had spoken to him in, I believe it was October 2019, when a scathing Inspector General VA report came out about what was going on inside of that office designed to protect whistleblowers and protect EEO complainants. And that is uh, filing an EEO complaint and filing a grievance through the Office of Accountability and Whistleblower Protection is the way, now that you've disassembled the unions, disassembled the unions, to have your grievance heard and to, to mitigate or to adjudicate your grievance if you're discriminated against. But that office had been found to not have put together its standard operating procedures. They found that they weren't uh, they were actually retaliating against EEO complainants and protecting Trump appointees from being whistleblown on, I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it was brazen um, in how quickly it targeted frontline employees. I mean, I think even to this day, maybe one, two senior leaders have been targeted by OAWP. And, you know, as I'm sure you know, there's a lot of corruption and dysfunction at the top of the VA. You know, there are people in vision positions and in other senior administrative posts who do, you know, merit some investigation, some legitimate punishment for just running a bad 
uh, or flawed um, facility. But that's not what happened here. Uh, it, it's it's ironic that, you know, all of this really stemmed out of this Phoenix uh, wait time scandal in 2014. And this really was the the promise from, from President Trump and from Dr. Shulkin to sort of punish those sorts of bad actions that were made from the top. But really, the opposite has happened. And And some of these, you know, I guess, deconstruction of these protective agencies and uh, offices and and unions uh, personally impacted the folks that you interviewed for this. Miss Franklin, like as you said, was repeatedly passed over for promotions. And uh, you quote, uh, quoting you here, these current and former Dublin VA employees contended that qualified staff of color are denied promotions and then penalized for raising the issue. Yeah, absolutely. I think you know I, I spoke to staff of color. Uh, there in Dublin about this, in uh, Milwaukee, in Connecticut. I mean, this is all over the place where if you bring uh, up concerns, whether they're about quality of care or about something discriminatory that's happening, management often tries to silence you and use the tools they have to punish people. And that is terrible and it has to stop. And, you know, it pushes out really dedicated public servants like yourself and like Nuana and, and many others out of the VA. Um, and, and, and that's just unconscionable. It is. And it, and it, I, when I spoke to Dr. Shulkin about it and what had happened to his office of accountability and whistleblower protection, he was very disheartened about the, the, he, the brain drain, he called it. Uh, how many incredibly talented, uh, like Miss Franklin, employees that were being driven out uh, for for their beliefs, uh, et cetera. And I, I want to talk to you because uh, something that you mentioned in your article, uh, there was a podcaster that was retaliated against. And uh, I'm, I'm very interested to find out more details about that. But I have to squeeze in a quick break. Will you stay with me? Sure. Great. Everybody, we'll be right back. Hey, everybody, it's AG. As pet parents, working from home has given us more time to spend with our four-legged family members. Uh, now we are more aware of their daily, daily needs and health issues and well-being. And so if you've noticed that your pet is itchy or smells less than pleasant, you have to check out Scout's Honor. Scout's Honor is my go-to pet brand for grooming products. Um, it helps with itch relief, odor control, and overall healthier skin and coat. I recently got the Grooming Essentials Kit, which is a probiotic shampoo, conditioner, and deodorizer. And uh, all of has never looked or smelled better. Scout's Honor's probiotic grooming products are scientifically proven natural solution for treating your pet's skin problems. When applied to the skin, probiotics support healthy bacteria, and they fight against the bad bacteria that cause irritation and odor. You can choose from their amazing fragrances like honeysuckle and lavender. I love that one. Uh, my personal favorite right now is sandalwood vanilla, which they call dog of the woods. And with every purchase, Scout's Honor provides one day's worth of meals for rescue animals in need. So with Scout's Honor, your pet will never look, feel, or smell better, and you can help out other pets in need. So check out all of Scout's Honor's award-winning products today, available online or wherever pet supplies are sold. Uh, to receive 20% off your first order, go to scoutshonor.com slash dailybeans. Remember, that's scouts with a K, scoutshonor.com slash dailybeans for 20% off your order. Scouts Honor, natural and preventative grooming solutions for pets. Everybody, welcome back. We're talking to Jasper Craven, who's written this incredible op-ed for the New York Times about systemic racism and rot inside the Department of Veterans Affairs for both employees and patients that seek care there. And before the break, I had mentioned that I wanted to ask you about uh, the story of someone at the Dublin Hospital who faced suspension after she was discovered co-hosting a podcast that propagates racist tropes and that has hosted white nationalist leaders, including David Duke, former Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. Can you talk about that story? Yeah, so um, a lot of uh, <laughs> employees inside Dublin uh, were made aware that there was a white employee there who had, um, you know, sort of shown her hand allegedly sort of in other ways to suggest she held discriminatory beliefs. I was told that she had referred to President Obama as a monkey in an email. Um, but so she was not popular and she, you know, people sort of knew <laughs> where she stood. Um, but then it was revealed uh, that she was hosting this podcast um, 
in which she espoused racist white supremacist beliefs and hosted and interviewed leaders of the white terror movement. Um, there was an investigation done. There was a voice analysis. I mean, the proof was strong and yet she faced a suspension and what I was told is sort of some work from home uh, order, which is sort of inevitable now at the VA anyways, because of the pandemic. Anyways, I, I think it's important to note this in the piece, especially when compared to Ms. Franklin, who this didn't make it in the piece, but tried to retire and use her uh, medical leave before then and essentially had to saw the VA come back and say, you're not approved for this medical leave, you're fired. So she was actually proposed for termination uh, because of you know the VA sort of meddling around. Meanwhile, this woman who's a clear white supremacist faces a suspension. It's just sort of um, a, a wild contrast. Yeah, and it, it's also proof that these white supremacists are in this agency. They're in these institutions. I mean, we see the fallout from the attack on the Capitol. And we learned that one fifth of the people there were our former military and veterans and that many are doctors or school teachers or, you know, and, and so when we start to actually get the scope of and for and for some Republicans and some people on the right to deny that systemic racism even exists is just absolutely mind boggling, particularly when this white supremacist on a white supremacist podcast espousing racist views faces a suspension, which was probably a weekend suspension. Uh, and so it was paid, I'm sure, and, and uh, got got to work from home. Uh, what a what a horrible punishment uh, gets to keep her job when incredibly talented, outstanding employees um, like Miss uh, like Miss Franklin are actually retaliated against and fired. Yeah, it's, it's brutal. It's brutal. Now, uh, you got a written statement from VA spokeswoman Christina Noel, who I guess you say here left the agency recently, but contended that the department is committed to fair and equal treatment of all employees. Um, I was wondering what you felt when you got that statement, considering the corrupt dismantling of bargaining rights at AFGE and what was going on at the at the OAWP? Yeah, well, uh, if I'm being honest, I didn't really expect much from Christina Noel. Um, she and other uh, Trump era VA press people were incredibly aggressive towards the media. Uh, I myself uh, watched as she repeatedly reached out to editors of mine at various publications and tried to have stories of mine killed. She tried to sully my reputation. Uh, so she was a pretty aggressive um, and, and shady character. Um, you know, there was no engagement uh, really uh, from the VA on any story. I mean, you know, I, there were stories I tried to write or, or did end up writing that reflected positively on a lot of the good the VA does. And, in those stories, I had no cooperation. It was like pulling teeth to get a subject matter expert on PTSD. People would tell, you know, basic facts off the record because they were afraid that the, uh, you know, spokespeople in Vaco would go after them. So <laughs> it wasn't totally surprising. I mean, I always sort of go into an interaction with a spokesperson hoping for, you know, good faith engagement, but this was sort of run, you know, to be expected. Yeah. Now, I want to, before I let you go here, I wanted to talk a little bit about what you've found out about what you've uncovered or what m folks might not know about uh, now former secretary of the VA that Trump appointed, Robert Wilkie, who is my own personal nemesis. Uh, he was appointed in 2018. But tell us what you found out of him. This list of his uh, credentials is is intense. Yeah. I mean, you could, I wrote another piece on Wilkie's dark history, but you know, the top line facts here are that Wilkie uh, is a former member of a neo-Confederate group called the Sons of Confederate Veterans. He has spoken openly 
um, to an endorsement of the lost cause. He previously cut his political teeth in Washington for Jesse Helms, a segregationist senator. He helped um, basically uh, disseminate a, a racist smear against a black uh, architect who ran against Helms in the 90s. Uh, he defended uh, Nazi uh, gravestones at VA cemeteries. Um, and one of his uh, top uh, officials had a painting in his VA office of uh, the first Grand Wizard of the Ku Klux Klan. So, you know, the man clearly is not the right person to be dealing with issues of racism in the department. He was never willing to engage on the issue, acknowledge it. Um, you know, the irony here is that he sees himself in the mold of President Abraham Lincoln. He often would invoke Lincoln's words, his pledge to care for uh, him who born the battle. Um, and yet, you know, he's also spoken very highly of um, Robert E. Lee. So I don't really know what where that puts him. Yeah, yeah, he, he yeah, Jefferson Davis, he said is a martyr. And um, something else you uh, wrote in here, he declined to take a similar action at VA facilities, meaning uh, the the changing of Confederate military base names that was that has recently passed the NDAA. It was vetoed by Trump, who didn't like that idea, uh, among other things in the NDAA he didn't like. Um, but Wilkie refused to take that particular action as well. And then you mentioned a guy named John Ulyat, uh, former chief communications official. Um, apparently something happened with, uh, the chief diversity officer at the VA after Charlottesville. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, I mean, you know, as you know, there's lots of great people inside the VA trying to make change, trying to be opening and welcoming, uh, to vets of color. And, um, after Charlottesville, basically the VA's chief diversity officer, um, really wanted to sort of have a reckoning, have a have a discussion, you know, allow voices, a, a panoply of voices to be heard and sort of reckon with the racism in this country. Um, but he was silenced by uh, Wilkie. And uh, Wilkie's leadership team was almost entirely white. Uh, really, the only person of color uh, is this woman, Tamara Bonsanto, who ironically enough runs the OAWP, which is, you know, cracked down on uh, disproportionately on staff of color. Um, so, yeah, uh, th there were also diversity um, and sort of diversity trainings and discussions planned after the murder of George Floyd um, that were inexplicably canceled at the last minute. Um, and then if you compare EEO reports from the VA, um, from the Obama to the Trump administrations, what you'll find is that on all manner of uh, metrics, Trump just stopped doing things, stopped evaluating managers on their adherence to EEO statutes, stopped assessing, uh, you know, minority veteran uh, sort of prosperity and um, economic mobility, just really across the board, stopped a lot of good movement to create equity. Mm. Yeah. And in this in this piece, and I encourage everyone to read it, uh, there are so many examples of these kind of diversity events that were canceled, um, ugly incidents um, that that happened on uh, VA campuses uh, in retaliation, uh, money being gutted from the EEO office, uh, just absolutely. It's just this whole thing. It's just line after line after line of all of the things that I think a lot of us had missed in the mainstream as all of these programs were being cut and all of this uh, terrible, um, systemic racism was, was happening, uh, just because of the, the fire hose of news that that's coming out about this happening across agencies, right? It's, this isn't just VA. You and I write about and talk about the VA, but this, this, I, this went on across agencies. And I think that in the next couple of years, we're going to start seeing, and thanks to investigative journalists like yourself, we're going to start seeing exactly 
how deep this went and how many people were hurt by it. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, I mean, for, for everything that surfaces in the public, there's so much that never sees the light of day or that takes a long time to fully understand. And this all takes a long time to reverse. I mean, you know, these are massive institutions. And if they're steered one way for four years to turn things around is no easy task. And Biden's pick to run the VA, Dennis McDonough, seems highly competent. I think he knows how government runs. Hopefully he'll be able to run the VA because it is massive. Um, but, you know, so far there hasn't been a lot of uh, acknowledgement of this issue, a lot of discussion on it. I think he's, you know, trying to keep his his powder dry until the Senate confirms him. And then hopefully he'll be more detailed and be more progressive and be more specific about what he wants to do. Um, but, you know, the dynamics are tough in the veteran space because frankly, some of the old line VSOs, really the American Legion to be specific, hold fairly regressive beliefs and are organizations dominated by white men and are sort of unwilling to let a more diverse generation of veterans into the, the the sort of social safety net that they have long enjoyed. Well, I'm hoping that because of what The Atlantic uncovered uh, regarding Trump's thoughts about American war dead and veterans being suckers and losers, maybe that's where we start and we can tie it to that and how it needs to be repaired. And I'm very thankful and grateful that there are journalists like you out there hoping that you stay on top of McDonough and hold him to account to to get these things done. And I appreciate your time today. Everybody, the piece is called Mind Boggling and Deadly. This is the Trump VA's racist legacy. You can read it in The New York Times. And I appreciate your time today, Jasper. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Allison. Everybody stick around. We'll be right back after after this with the good news. Hello, it's AG for The Daily Beans. Healthy snacks have a bad reputation. Let's be honest, they don't taste very good. They don't fill you up. They don't satisfy your cravings. But today's episode of Daily Beans is sponsored by Monk Pack. They have cracked the code when it comes to making snacks that taste amazing, but have close to no sugar. Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars contain less than one gram of sugar, only two to three grams of net carbs, and they're only 150 calories. They're great for anyone who's following a keto lifestyle, and they're the perfect snack for anyone who wants to eat better or cut back on sugar and carbs without sacrificing taste. I've been trying to eat better, but I get tripped up by snacks. I'm a snack person. I love snacks. But having the Monk Pack Keto Nut and Seed Bars around has really helped. Uh, they have a perfect balance of sweet and salty and that crunch from whole nuts and seeds, but they manage to be soft and chewy, so they really hit the spot. And they come in delicious flavors like pecan almond, sea salt dark chocolate, and peanut butter dark chocolate. My favorite right now is the sea salt dark chocolate. It's delicious, always hits the spot. And since they're packed with protein, they're surprisingly filling and satisfying. Uh, it, they're perfect for a quick snack to indulge your sweet tooth without guilt. And in addition to being keto-friendly, they're gluten-free, plant-based, and non-GMO. They have no soy, trans fats, sugar, alcohols, or artificial colors. Enjoy Monk Pack Keto and Nut Seed Bars while working, running errands, on a walk. Take one in my little pack when I go on a bike ride. Try it for yourself and you'll see. And we have a special deal for listeners. You get 20% off your first purchase of any Monk Pack product by visiting MonkPack.com and entering our code DAILYBEANS at checkout. To get started, just go to MonkPack.com. That's M-U-N-K-P-A-C-K.com and select any product. Then enter code DAILYBEANS at checkout to save 20% off your purchase. Monk Pack, good food you can count on. And we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. All right, everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Well, we'll float on good news is on the way. Everybody, if you have a good news story, personal or political, or you just want to say hi to me and Dana or... You want to send photos of your kids or your grandkids or your pod pets or you have a confession or a correction, anything, any communications that you want to give to us, you do that at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact uh, and uh, feel free to send anything that you desire. Um, well, not anything. Not anything you desire. We're going to walk that back just a little bit. Deep, deep, rewinds. Uh, most of the things that you want to send, you can send there. Now, 
uh, let's do. Let's just dive in because these are some great submissions today. We have another submission from Marete, pronoun she and her. I learned something unexpected from reading about American politics in my Norwegian newspaper. The word filibuster is a weird and funny sounding word, but I never really thought about what the original meaning was. According to my Scandinavian newspaper, it means pirate or privateer from the original Dutch word, uh, an original Dutch word. Maybe you Americans knew this. I certainly did not. As pet tax, I'm submitting two pictures of two animals I met in Kenya. They're obviously not my in-house pets, but AG and DG asked for exotic animals yesterday. <laughs> so please enjoy my friend Ndi, the baby elephant. I met him at Sheldrick Elephant Orphanage. And Shirley, Shirley, the friendly oh, giraffe. Oh my goodness. <laughs> What two incredible life experiences. Aww. Oh, Marete, these are beautiful. Thank you so much. And thanks for that submission. I didn't know. I hadn't looked up the uh, etymology of, of filibuster before. They are indeed. Oh, I want to go hang out with baby elephants. They look so sweet. I know they will smash me because they like to like wrestle when they're <laughs> tiny. I say tiny when they're 500 pounds instead of 4,000. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. Next good news story. This is from M pronouns she and her good news. After wanting a dog for the last 10 years and not being able to get one due to circumstances beyond my control, I finally have a puppy of my own. His name is Larceny. I named him for the bourbon. That's fantastic. Uh, this appears to have been a more appropriate name than I ever could have imagined as I've already had to return several things, baseball caps, keys, etc. <laughs> so apparently not so much the bourbon, more of the crime, uh, to the family and friends that uh, have left them unattended in his presence. So Larceny likes to steal things. <laughs> He's not great with social distancing. See attached for pod pet tax of my perfect little criminal. And yes, look at that face. The cone is the best also. The cone of shame. Aww. Oh my god. Oh, AG, oh. I'm, I know. I'm sorry. I told you. Okay. I told AG during the break. My window looks out onto the street and my desk is in the kitchen. That's where I have to have it. I have a one bedroom apartment. So this is like my office. There are two fucking spiders the size of my face that keep crawling around in front of me, which is why I keep screwing things up because I'm afraid they're just going to lift open the window and come inside by themselves. I'm so sorry. Uh, I'm so freaked out. Okay. So if I mess up again during the stories, it's because one of them has moved. <laughs> We're on Spider Watch. Oh God, I Everyone. hate it. Take a um, take a photo for the next uh, newsletter. Oh God, <laughs> it'll probably okay. <sighs> okay, I will take. You know what? I can't. I can't. Let's move on. These are all, all right. really short. You should take a few of these. <laughs> all right, here we go. I'm going to do a little rapid fire here for Melissa. Pronouns she and her. I have a friend who lost their job due to COVID cutbacks in March 2020, and she finally got a job offer and started Monday. So excited for her. Yay. Good news. Thank you, Melissa. And from Sarah, pronouns she and her. Follow up on the vegan cheese that melts right. It's called Miyoko's Creamery. They have such good cheese. I use the shredded kind for mac and cheese and quesadillas. It's a game changer. And finally, my little last short one here. Okay. Houdini Juju slash Julie. Please enjoy this picture of my cats, Socks and Rebel. Rebel is in the wood bucket wanting attention whilst I'm watching Jen Saki knock it out of the park. Okay. There's a little tuxedo cat. Oh my and goodness. Then there, and then there's a void cat, a little black cat in a bucket. <laughs> They're both oh. perfect. They're so sweet. Oh, yes. Oh. I love all these kitty pictures. Okay, this next one comes from Bonnie, pronouns she and her. Being from a large family has its good and bad sides. Bad side. One sister was diagnosed with colon cancer just before Thanksgiving. Little brother diagnosed with uh, esophageal lung and brain cancer. My goodness. Bonnie, I'm so sorry. Um, good news is his sister is clear after surgery and brother had his brain surgery, and came through with his sarcasm and humor intact. Fantastic. Mm. Attached, oof, goodness, atta that was a roller coaster. Attached is my pod pet cat tax. This is Quinn. So when he's not attacking my sister, is humping my arm. I didn't know cats like to hump things. He's exhausted. Look at this. He's out cold from all the humping. I've never had a cat humping. I've never seen a cat hump anything. This is new. Bonnie and I'm a cat person. I've, I didn't know cats care enough to hump something. Oh, uh, huh. 
My gosh, I'm I'm so glad that um, your sister came out clear after surgery and that your brother's <sighs> brain surgery was, you know, went well. That's a lot to go through. And so, I, you know, I hope that you've got the support network you need. We're here if you need us. And, and please continue to send in anything and, and thoughts, whatever. Our DMs are open, too. So well said. Well said. Hearts go out to you. Next up from anonymous pronouns she and her. Good news. I've been listening since the Mueller She Wrote Kitchen Days, and I was so excited when Beans went to a daily podcast. In the beginning, I listened with my son, who attended the school I teach at. This was for a part of a school year before he went on to high school and didn't ride with me very often. Whenever we do ride together, we listen to the podcast, and it's a happy place for us, making us all warm and smiley as we listen to the news with swearing. Well, here's my good news. He turned 18 this week, and Texas has a newly registered liberal voter influenced over the last few years by A.G. and his history-teaching mama. Okay. Nice. Texas has a newly registered liberal voter influenced over. Oh, this is so wonderful. He's acing government class when he does his work. <laughs> and he scored highly on the U.S. history AP exam. Oh, those advanced placement tests are hard. Uh, he did that last year during COVID shutdowns. While being a senior this year um, is not ideal, he's making it and your podcast has helped. I tried to limit my pod pet tax, but we're serious animal lovers. So <laughs> I've kept it to one pick of mammals. <laughs> Sammy the dog, she, her, and Mr. Crowley, he, him, who is in love with his doggo. And one reptile pick with my son and Eva, our California king snake, taken during virtual school. Okay. I don't even understand what is... I mean, the snake is a hair tie. Its head is facing the camera. It's a beautiful snake. And I understand it's safe, but I feel like that would still terrify me a little bit. And this dog and cat are so sweet. The dog the dog looks a little more skeptical than the cat right now. Yeah, I know. I know. The dog's like, am I going to be okay? Uh, is this cat going to wake up and give me the sharp feet in the face? Or are we safe? But yeah, this picture of the snake wrapped around her son's hair, which is in a bun, is phenomenally awesome. Oh, I still, it's still, okay, I'm getting skeeved out. I've got spiders in front of me, a snake <laughs> on my computer. I'm going to lose my shit. I got to scroll. I'm scrolling. All right. All right. I'm scrolling. All right. This is uh, Laurel, pronoun she and her. Warm greetings to you both. Some podcasts are screechy and bellicose, uh, which adds to post-trauma stress. I agree. You have soothing voices. Let me get mine back real quick. You have soothing <laughs> Except voices. Except when there's spiders on the Except wall. Except when and there's spiders snakes and snakes in, in front of me. <sighs> you have soothing voices. And even when the subject matter is difficult, you give the appearance of calm. And you even have a sense of humor. This helps. Tone is everything. Humor is essential. And then comes the good news and pet stories, which is a lovely way to end the podcast. We need stories about creatures who are offered unconditional love. Here are my creatures. Miss Parker May, the orange pit, was on death row through no fault of her own. She was picked up on the street and no one wanted her. She showed Ugh. her kennel stress with dog aggression. Oh. Even though she was sweet to all humans, her time was running out with no interest. She even had a sponsor, which meant she was a free dog. They didn't want to kill her. We arrived just in time. She lives with two doggy brothers and is snoring, farting, lazy, sweet, cuddly girl. The dog aggression was largely a kennel phenomenon. She is a joy and a character. She is loyal, sensitive, fun, loving, and attuned. Pits deserve much better than being society's throwaway dogs. Amen oh, to that. 100%. Uh, the other picture is one of Miss Parker's brothers, Yuki lived at a no-kill shelter for three and a half years before he came home. People didn't want him because he has a loud bark. He's a gentle giant, unless you were a FedEx truck or a UPS <laughs> truck, in which that's, in that case, he will get a, he will get a great big bark. Uh, shelter dogs are beautiful surprises just waiting to be revealed. The time and patience you show them gets pa uh, paid back in overflowing amounts. Thank you. Mm. Oh, this baby. Thank you for rescuing these babies. Absolutely. Okay, I'll look at the last picture. <laughs> a rocking chair. Dogs in a rocking chair with a beautiful orange shag pillow, by the way. Oh, and face so on the sweet. on the arm of the rocking chair just passed the fuck out. Look at these honeys. So, so, so sweet. Oh, I love that. I love the um, pits deserve much better than being society's throwaway dogs. That's so true. Every time I look through... You know, humane society, it's just pity, 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 pity. And I'm like, oh, man, why? Why do, you know, they're such great dogs. Um, they really are. Every pit bull I've ever met is the sweetest, gentlest dog. I, I have a friend that has a couple and Honey and 
I think uh, Honey was one of them. And she just was a love button. She just wants to come. She thinks she's a lap dog and she wants to just come uh, snuggle. Well, thank you for sending these in. And thanks to everyone for sending in their stories. Sometimes these things are hard to talk about, like illnesses and families. And, and some things are just, you know, just sending in pictures. But whatever it is, I think communication is key. I was talking today to a friend and, and saying that, just having someone to say things to really helps me put things in perspective, gets it out you know, out of me, off of my chest, and, and gives me a chance to look at it. So whatever it is, feel free to send it to us. And um, you can remain anonymous, and, and we're happy to read it for you. And thanks so much for these submissions today. They've really they've made my day. So, Dana, do you have any final things? You're going to go take some spiders outside? Yeah, I'm just going to I'm gonna go see if I can call someone. <laughs> I try really hard to save them, AG. I will talk to them the whole time, though, because I'm so freaked out about it. I try really hard to save them. But luckily, they're still on the outside of the house. So outside is their home. Inside is my home. And that's when we have to have a discussion. Until then, I leave them alone. Mm. Yep. You are my my best friend. Joelle is the you in 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 her house. If there's a spider, um, Mandy has to come and take care of it. Um, yeah. So that's that's how it works yep. over yep, yep, yep. over in their house. There's, and it's nice to have that balance too. Like if you had two ant like freak out spider people. Oh yeah. What do you do? You know. Yeah, you move. You move. You burn the house down, or you move. That's basically the options. Those are the only options. <laughs> <laughs> you burn the house down. Nope. Uh, I'd be interested to know if there's anybody who's in a, a a couple or a living situation where everyone in the house is can't do the spider stuff. There always seems like I feel like in an in an opposites attract sort of way. You just I always end up paired with somebody who either will take care of the spider or I will or will take care of the whatever or I'll, I'll take care of it. I'm interested to hear more about that because I'm wondering if there are pairs out there that are both like spider averse. <laughs> That's probably, I would love to just watch that. I want to be a fly in the wall. <laughs> just, to, just to fly, though, because otherwise they'll probably both kill me. Yeah. <laughs> you get it. You get it. No. Ah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm, I'd be interested to see that dynamic. So so let us know if you uh, are spider reverse and if the person you live with or if you live with multiple people, if they're all spider reverse or if there's somebody who's the designated person who gets the spider and takes them out of the house. I'd be interested to know. Uh, until then, until tomorrow, uh, still waiting to hear about that Liz Cheney thing. Haven't done it yet, so we'll talk about it uh, on the next Daily Beans. So till then, please take care of yourselves, take care of each other, take care of your mental health, and take care of the planet. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's the beans. The Daily Beans is directed, written, and hosted by executive producer Allison Gill and engineered and edited by Mackenzie Mazell and Starburns Audio. Staff writers include Dana Goldberg, Amy Carrero, and Allison Gill. Our copy is written by Jesse Egan, and our marketing manager, executive assistant, and social media director is Kanai. Fact checking and research by Allison Gill, Dana Goldberg, and Amy Carrero. Our music is written and performed by They Might Be Giants. Our web design and branding are by Joel Reader of Moxie Design Studios, and our website is dailybeanspod.com. <laughs>